Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In the spirit of reconciliation, the Swapcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respect to the elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torrent Strait Islander peoples today. We're talking again about body swapping Welcome to the Swapcast Podcast, the world's only podcast dedicated to body swap movies. I'm your host, Paul Mitzi, and with me we have... Lucy Thomas. And... Brendan Levi. In today's episode, we'll be breaking down the 2022 sci-fi epic sequel, Avatar, The Way of Water, starring Sam Worthington, Zoe Saldana, Sigourney Weaver, and Kate Winslet, where Jake Sully must protect his family when humans return to wreak havoc on Pandora. And to help us do that, we have a very special guest joining us today from the fantastic podcast Hunting Season, Broderick Gordas. Welcome. Thank you, Paul. Hi, Brendan. Hi, Lucy. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me back. Welcome back. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. But before we get into that, just a reminder that we absolutely love hearing from our listeners and we welcome film suggestions for future episodes. So please reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram. Send us an email at theswapcastpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to support our show, reviewing us is the best way possible. So to say thank you, if we reach 100 star ratings on iTunes and Spotify, we will finally fulfill our fans' most common request to review Face off. So, on to Avatar The Way of Water. I think it's fair to say that we all came out pretty positive on our review of the first installment. Pretty positive. <laughs> me saying it's fine is pretty positive for me. <laughs> yes. Contrarian Brendan. I mean, compared to what you normally say about the movies you review on the podcast, it was very positive. Yes. <laughs> True. Uh, while there were some story gripes, we're all pretty much agreed on Avatar being a fun, visually impressive ride. So, with 13 years, 100 millions of dollars, and several technological advancements under its belt, did Avatar The Way of Water manage to improve on what came before? I'm going to let our guest Brod start this off today. <laughs> did, did it improve on what came before? Yeah. I think I think objectively the answer is yes. Um, I'm going to start by saying I'm not a big fan of the first Avatar. Um, I remember seeing that one at the cinemas more than once even. I think I saw it a couple of times. And it was extremely cool and new and impressive, particularly like- visually like nothing we'd ever seen before the cgi and the motion capture was incredible and then in particular the 3d of it like that was just that technology was brand new and it was super impressive and exciting and i had to see it more than once um in the 13 years since i've barely thought about avatar except (laughs) to talk about the fact that avatar had no cultural footprint for being the highest (laughs) grossing film of all time which has been a fun like debate that 
web uh, podcasts like the Slash Filmcast were talking about and stuff like that. Um, I hadn't really returned to watching it. I think maybe I'd watch parts of it when so- a friend of mine got a 3D TV when that was a thing. <laughs> and um, before going to see Avatar The Way of Water with you, Paul, mm-hmm. Damask, my co-host on the Swapcast, uh, on the on the Hunting <laughs> Seasons podcast, um, we watched rewatched the first Avatar on Disney Plus, and I was far from impressed. It <laughs> visually is still good, I suppose, but like in thirteen years, a lot of movies are much more visually impressive now. I think, and I think the story is shit. It's really boring, <laughs> and I don't like any of the characters, and I had a bad time watching it. I was bored. And, and they took so, out the banging scene. And they took out the banging scene that we all remember seeing when we saw it at the cinemas, right? Yeah. Everyone remembers the ponytail sex. Um, uh, anyway, going to see The Way of Water, I went in not looking forward to it. But I think it's fair to say the sequel, listen, 30 years in the making, did it need to be 30 years? Probably not. I was anticipating that much. But the visually, it is a step above again. Is like pushing the limits of CGI for hyper realism. It is mm. astounding to look at. The technology is is just that good now. Um, it is very imaginative. It's showing you things you've never seen before. The three D is extremely impressive. Seeing this in IMAX three D is the way to see this. This is a bit Any, hard when you're it, in Adelaide. It, totally. <laughs> well, totally. I flew over there. Yeah. Everyone should do that. Not everyone. everyone. Fly to another state. <laughs> Yeah, I don't see why that is a logistical nightmare. <laughs> um, if you can't see it, I imagine seeing like a VMAX. Do you guys have VMAX there? Like Village yeah, we do. Yeah. In 3D? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Adelaide's got that far, right? Yeah. Um, we used to have IMAX, a- but it's gone now. Yeah. Is that uh, what you call the drive-in? <laughs> the dr- oh, God. <laughs> Um, that yeah, I think to see it on the biggest screen possible in 3D is the way to watch it. Um, from a storytelling perspective, I think it is a step up on the first one, but not lots. You describe this as a ride. I think that is a very, very good way to describe this movie. It is an experience when you are on it. While you're in it, it is very, very fun to be there, even if it goes way too long. Mm-hmm. I think less is more is something that James Cameron could learn about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was bored at times in this film, even in moments where I was obviously impressed with what was going on. There's like a sequence in the middle of this film that takes place mostly underwater where characters are learning, you know, how to breathe underwater and see all these magical creatures and stuff. It's great. It goes on for fucking ever. I was ready mm-hmm. to move on to something else. It was time for something to happen in the story. I got bored there. I think I'd be more inclined to go and rewatch this film if I didn't feel like I'd seen too much of it when I saw it in the cinemas. I have thought about this film very little since seeing it at the movies. Like, it so just- there's nothing- just like 2009 Avatar. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Is it a better film than the first one? Yes. Is that saying much? Not really. But I do think it's an experience that's worth seeing at least once, particularly on a big screen in 3D. And that's it's a ride that you should go, you should try once, but I wouldn't line up for it a second time. Wholeheartedly agree. Except I didn't see it in three D, but it was it's still really you didn't. good to see on the big screen. Even I did. All right. So, Reddit, as the one person who didn't see this in three D, what did you think of the film? Like, I was definitely impressed by how just very fluid the interactions between actual humans and like the scenery, the like the other avatars and stuff. Like, I still feel like there was issues there that I had felt before which 
would be just the the movement of the characters. There is still this like they don't know what they're doing with their fingers or their arms because they're computer characters and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know, I did I did still get to have the immersion of this world. I think even though I wasn't watching it in an amazing cinema like you mm-hmm. boys, Brendan. Do you do you know about the frame rate changes in this film? Like that it's like 60 frames or No, no? that it's like 24 frames in some shots and 48 frames in other shots and it switches back and forth multiple ah. multiple like I'm talking at least 100 probably 2 to 300 times during the film back and so forth. If you watch it in 3D. If you watch it in 3, if you depending what which cinema you go to, I'm sure there are places where it just runs at 24 frames standard, mm-hmm. but the in James Cameron's preferred version, the frame rate changes from scene to scene. So sometimes it's high frame rate, sometimes it's standard frame rate. Did okay, you know about so that? just like as a civilian, um, <laughs> what civilian. does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> so generally, t- most films and TV you see, especially like scripted stuff, is at 24 frames. That's the standard. Most movies, the cinematic look, everything mm-hmm. runs at 24 images per second mm-hmm. running in front of you. When it's a higher frame rate, like 48 seconds, it looks smoother because you're seeing more images per second. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if you've ever seen like when they put on true motion or those sorts of things on a TV. Often, if you go look at a TV at like JB Hi-Fi or something like that, everything looks a bit smoother. Yeah. Um, that's high frame rate. That's artificial, that version normally. That's in the movie, additional uh, frames. They, yeah. they extrapolate fake frames in between basically to make it look smoother. But in James Cameron's <laughs> Avatar The Way of Water, when you go see it at the cinemas- some scenes are deliberately rendered at 48 frames per second and some are rendered deliberately at 24 frames per second. So, it goes why from being- would it, Why would it switch like that? I feel like that's- That's a fucking great question. I actually forgot about that until you started talking about like the preferred way to see it. Paul, I remembered this mm-hmm. goddamn frame rate switching that was so distracting. It is un- so weird. And I, I doubly wish you'd seen it, Brendan, because I know you would have hated it. Mm-hmm. The thing is with the high frame rate is that it can make dialogue scenes look strange, but it actually helps action scenes because you know how sometimes you watch sense. action scenes yeah. when like the camera is moving and there's lots of movement, there can be a lot of like a blur, whereas mm. um, doing the extra frames actually makes everything a lot clearer in action scenes. Yeah, like uh, they, it was sort of experienced with The Hobbit because they did that in 60. Exactly. Um, mm. Which is like a lot closer. No, I think to that the was forty eight as well. It was forty eight too. Was it forty eight? Yeah, yeah. Well, but yeah, it- but everyone just felt weird because we're just so accustomed to the twenty four frames. But that's why I find interesting about this is like I think it's weird for about five minutes and then you forget about it. You get used to it. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like when I was watching The Hobbit, like I just I don't think The Hobbit used that technology great though. Mm, Whereas right. I think if I I'm. I really think he should have just gone, it's 48 frames the entire time. You'll get used to it in five minutes. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, but he goes back and forth and it was it drove me bananas. I hated it. <laughs> I, I, I kind didn't of, notice. I noticed. <laughs> I noticed, but I wasn't like upset by it. I was like, I'm at the cinema by myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Lucy, like, this is probably the first time you've been to the cinemas in a yeah, long time. And, <laughs> and probably the first time you've been to the cinemas by yourself in, I'm guessing, several years. Yeah, maybe so, even like 10 years, maybe. Mm. 
was Avatar worth it for you? Was this a good choice for your first like, cinema outing? Was in it a great long time? to just return to Pandora just with yourself? You know, um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I I wish this wasn't like the first me dipping my toe back in. I don't know. To see a movie that goes for three hours and 15 minutes by yourself and you've got no one to turn to or like bounce off. It was, it was very weird. But did you enjoy it? Um, yes, I did. Yeah. And did you, did you think it was better than the first or? uh, I don't know. I felt like the first one was kind of tighter. This was, Mm. um. Which is crazy because it's just the same length, isn't it? No, this one goes for... It's like 25 minutes long or something, yeah. 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 Uh, Um, Yeah, The original was two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, like the sequel always has to be like bigger and whatever, so it's like maybe... And the same plot. More high concept. (laughs) I don't know. Um, It's like we didn't just get Jake Sully learning the ways of the Navi. We got his whole family mm. learning the new way of the water Navi. Um, but I enjoyed that stuff more than, um, there were just too many action sequences for me. Like that just went on and on. Um, yeah, yeah, I felt like the first one had kind of like one or two, like these really big long extended things and this, yeah, it felt, they felt endless. I kind of enjoyed the stuff (laughs) of like the world and learning the ways and being underwater and. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, my favorite thing about it was being underwater, the water, mm-hmm. just that yeah. world. Mm-hmm. I really loved yeah. the way it looked. Mm-hmm. And it's so hot in Adelaide at the moment. And it just, <laughs> I was like, I wanted to dive into the screen. It just looked, it just looked <laughs> delicious. And um, do you guys remember me talking about the first time I went to the IMAX and somebody did scream? When a fish jumped out. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, we made a joke about the train. Did, and- did you do that? Did you do it this time? No, but somebody else did because the first thing <laughs> is her, like, pulling her um, bow and arrow back, right? And it, like, yeah. the arrow really, like, points directly at you and, and somebody, like... I'm not sure if they just got dropped on planet How Earth old or were they? maybe they were from the olden days or something, but somebody was shocked. Was it a little child who no, thought there was an, an arrow adult. being pointed at it? was an adult. Maybe, oh, maybe that's sad. 50 something years old. Yeah. Wow. You need, you need to get, show them that footage of the train coming towards the screen and see yeah. how they react to that. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, as I said before, I actually traveled to another state to watch this film. I wanted to see it. On the biggest screen I possibly can, and I definitely was happy with my choice there. I think this yeah, film- Yeah, better would have been great. This film just looks amazing. And I went uh, to the movies last night to see the new Tom Hanks movie, and uh, they showed the trailer for uh, the new Ant-Man beforehand. And that's another, that's a a similar kind of film in terms of that it's set in this fantastical world. And there's this shot where they're standing around. And I just was thinking like how crappy it looked in terms of visually Mm. compared to what was achieved in Avatar. Like you watch that trailer for Ant-Man and it literally looks like a couple of plastic sets that people are standing in with a CGI background imposed behind it. Whereas you that Avatar or you shitheads working at Technicolor or whatever <laughs> company did it. But like You didn't beat Avatar. 
But it's, it's not because of people's skill levels. It's because of the amount of money and resources and time and thought that was put into this film. And you can feel it in every frame. Like, this does feel like a film that took 13 years to make. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like a film that cost $300 million to make. And I mean, I kind of think, like, even though that's impressive, it also is slightly absurd. <laughs> but is it because it, you know, People it's People are it's dying, its Kim. <laughs> like, it's, um... But yeah. it's a business. Like, filmmaking, in the end of the day, is a business. Yeah, $300 million. I love that James Cameron, like, won the Academy Award for the most expensive film made at the time, and his mm-hmm. ex-wife has won, like, the best director for, like, the cheapest movie, whatever it was. <laughs> I just love that juxtaposition. Yeah. But I, I think people, like, forget, you know, $300 million, you spend that on a movie. It's not just going into the ether. That $300 million, as Brendan should know as someone in the industry, $300 million is going into the pockets of the millions of people working on this film. Yeah, the Sam Worthingtons and the Kate Whistlers. <laughs> the- yeah, okay. But, you know, this <laughs> film didn't probably- didn't make a dime off this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of, of course, there's some people getting paid more than others, but there would have been- hundreds if not thousands of on-the-ground workers that worked tirelessly to bring this to life that this paid their for wages sure. yeah, for, for 13 sure. years. I get that. that. I mean, it is amazing, but it also is yeah. It's absurd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, so it's been in, like, they've been working on it for 13 years? Basically. Yeah, base, in terms of if you go from starting the script to it being finished. How long did the script take? I, I, they must have spent 12.5 years on the fucking He actually got other people to write it this time, which you could tell the dialogue was not quite as bad as the first one because it wasn't just him writing it. So they, they structured this like they do a TV show writer's room where they got a bunch of them together and they, they plotted out the, the next five movies and then started writing all together as a collective rather than just the normal script writing process. Guys, so. I don't they think it needs to be five. I don't out. think that <laughs> We're going to get, theoretically, we're going to get a new Avatar film every two years from here on out. Like, there was that 13-year gap, yes, but mm-hmm. he, I think he's filmed all of three now. They're already filming four, I think. Yeah. Um, we should be getting one every two years from here on out, pretty much. So, get used and to I mean- it. At this point, it's a bona fide hit. It's on its way to mm-hmm. the $2 billion mark, which he said it needed to have to be able to justify itself. So, it's an Avatar world, baby. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> what uh, Broad said about, like, the cultural impact is pretty interesting because I do agree. Like, there, there's nothing that I point to where it goes, oh, it's so influenced by Yeah, it's so Avatar. unaccessible. Like, you know, so- you have to travel to a different state and put on a pair of glasses <laughs> and whatever to watch it. Like it- um, Correctly. You don't, mm. yeah. You're never going to put it on when you're like having a sick day or whatever. So, I've had to eat my words about this a little bit. I, I saw, I can't remember who tweeted this or where exactly where it came from, but I've been arguing for a long time that Avatar had no cultural impact. Right, like people went and saw it. It was a huge thing at the time, and then everyone forgot about it. There was no one doing. I mean, mate, there was a period of time where people were dressing up blue for like maybe a year after Avatar came out, but like it wasn't showing up at conventions. People weren't buying the toys. No one remembers the characters' names. No one remembers any famous lines. It's not like Star Wars, where it like grabbed people's imagination. Like where you and then could it was have everywhere. a literal convention just based. All on I will right? say is that however many years after it came out, 
there was that amazing Saturday Night Live sketch that's, about that's papyrus. That's the best. <laughs> that's the best thing adjacent to Avatar that ever existed. Yes. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and like it just for no reason came out, you know, it, someone just thought of it. Like, it, yeah, I don't know why <laughs> that happened when it did. It was really strange, but amazing. Oh, and James Cameron in the press tour for this one actually addressed it. And he said that he didn't know it was papyrus. <laughs> they've changed the logo now. They actually have yeah, done they've, uh, the title the, now. Yeah. Yeah. they've done some graphic design. But anyway, that, w- that I thought was true, and it was one of the reasons I was like, I wonder how this film is going to do. Like, is it going to? My opinion, my thought was, people will go and see it once, um, and it'll do well for a couple of weekends, and then people won't go a second time because attention spans are different 13 years later there's more stuff to be consuming on netflix the next you know marvel movie comes out in, in a few weeks basically like people are going to mm. move on quicker than and they who do the watches first movies <laughs> yeah i mean even that like people just aren't going to the cinemas as much at the moment it's been obviously through the covid lockdowns and stuff like that it was terrible and it's still struggling at the moment and there's tiktok now so why why would you 100 mm. percent. like uh, it does gen z give a shit about movies. avatar do you know what i mean no. or movies mm. in general Unless and there's a song they can do a fucking dance to while <laughs> spray painted blue. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, okay, Boomer. Anyway, the <laughs> the the point is, though, it's going to make $2 billion. So, I'm fucking yeah. wrong. And what yeah. someone pointed out is that, yes, Star Wars has a huge cultural, cultural footprint, right? In terms of you can see stuff, people meme it and all that sort of stuff, right? However- People did the same thing for Morbius. Morbius got memed. It had a cultural footprint when it came out. No one went and saw that film. It fucking flopped. No one's memeing Avatar. It's the Jared Leto, like, vampire, uh, vampire (laughs) superhero. Yeah. It's more than time became a thing, right? Yeah. And it made no money, but it had a cultural footprint. Avatar might not- People might not remember the names. It maybe doesn't have a Morbin time, like, meme going for it. But it's making a fuck ton of money. People are going to see it. And I think the thing that I learned is that I shouldn't assume just because I'm on the internet, I'm on Twitter, and I see people memeing something, that it means that the general populace gives a shit about it. It mm. means that a group of super nerds are obsessed with it, and that includes me, and that I am this portion of the audience, mm. and that I have projected my interpretation of what cultural um, uh, a cultural footprint, a cultural impact is, and I was- Fucking wrong. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, because yeah. like every election, I'm like the Greens are going to win. It's exactly. all I see in my feed, <laughs> exactly. and then it's just like it's just because that's what your surroundings are, I guess. And I just think it's in general, it's like people go and see a Star Wars film, and some portion of them are obsessed with it. Some people go and see it, see it once, the same way they see Avatar, and so it makes a billion dollars. But they don't give a shit about. They don't remember the character's name was Ray or Kylo Ren or whatever. They saw it that one time. They saw the new Star Wars. They'll go and see the next one. It comes out in three years, and people do the same thing for Avatar. They don't know who Jake Sully is. I don't know a single one of the kids' names in this film. Not one of them. There's yeah, two of them. Spider. Spider doesn't count. I couldn't tell you a <laughs> We need to talk about Spider. <laughs> but the film's going to make $2 billion. It's going to get um, Infinity sequels. Like, yeah. what the fuck yeah, do I know? Can we talk is- about the movie or uh, swaps? <laughs> <laughs> Can I just oh, say, okay, do. I want to, uh, this is what I, I wrote down five things after the movie finished. I quickly yeah, scribbled yeah. some things down. Uh, yeah. Speaking about cultural footprints, um, I wrote down cultural stuff, discuss. <laughs> do you mean spiders dreads? Like white guy dreads? Is that the cultural yeah, stuff? Yeah, and just sort the, of uh, like the general. Marry, like, yes. uh, yeah, tattoos it seems and- like to borrow yes. a lot from Polynesian culture. 
Yeah. Yeah. And um, maybe also like Native American as well. I mean, well. the first film certainly first does. First one, definitely, yeah. And, um, yeah. and I thought Paul was saying, that, you know, that there was like this real effort this time and there was a team behind it. And I kind of thought it was worse. Well, they, they hired one Maori guy to play one and they hired Kate Winslet to play his wife. <laughs> it's real strange. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not part of that culture. I don't know. I, I know I've seen, and I talked about this in our last review, like James Cameron has said that, you know, the cultural leaders of these communities have reached out to him and say how much they appreciate what he's doing and what the causes that he's trying to highlight with these films and they mm. actually want to be a part of it. So, I don't know. Maybe they appreciated the allusions to their culture in this. I, I don't know. I literally... It's funny. I have not seen many think pieces about it, which is strange. Maybe I read a I, uh, Washington not- Post article about it, and they were uh, saying other, other people in these communities were angry. So, I feel like because... They're not one monotone voice. There's going to be some people who are happy who agree and, and disagree. Yeah. Angry. yeah, but I mean, like I mean- that Spider Kid was culturally appropriating, right? Like that was all. I don't know. He just like lived among them, and uh, like, how was he appropriating? He was I mean, on a, ba- on a baseline level, though. He painted his body, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> on a baseline level, though. Like, just the whole story of Jake Sully, the white guy who comes in is like, the best Navi there ever was. Complete is- white saviour. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That is fucking problematic as shit. That's, like, that's the hot take. Mm. That's not the hot take. <laughs> that was uh, discussed in the first- Oh, it's so called now. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, that's the- <laughs> like, that's, that's the- But, you know, you know what? The first note I made when I started this film was, like, wait a second. I, I totally forgot to, like, say this in the first one. And just watching it again, I'm just like, how? Like, what's her name? What's what's his partner's name? Natiri. Sorry, Natira. Natiri. Natiri. Yeah. How the fuck do you stay with Jake Sully after finding out that? He, oh, I've just infiltrated your culture and led like an army of like killers to your door to like wipe you out. Yeah, the bar sorry, is so bad. low for for men. Really, it's like. <laughs> Now, uh, now I've like you know dominated this giant creature. We cool now. <laughs> like that was the first one, and I was just, I was just like, how are these people still in a relationship? How does this work? Like every time you look at like these people coming to kill you, um, every time one of your kids die, which happens in this film, like you're just reminded this is all your fault, Jake. Yeah, because two two <laughs> things is, is the whole premise of this. <laughs> Forgive me, but like. They just come back to fuck with him? Like, why? Yeah, why it's they- absurd. It's absurd that, it's like... It's like, they're going to travel they- five years yeah. on one of those crazy ships and, like, mm-hmm. all those stuff and everything. Like, for now, this vendetta? For the kids is at home who haven't is? watched Avatar to the Way of Water, Paul, do you want to give a 30-second mm. summary? I'm going to give Paul... I'm going to give him 40 seconds. <laughs> give because 45. this movie goes... For, no, 40. He gets an extra 10. Because this movie goes okay. for such a long time. It's okay. a special. It's your lucky I, day, I reckon. Paul. I reckon you can do it, Paul. Yeah, but you do have to explain the way of the water. <laughs> and it also has been... Exactly one month since I've watched this movie as well. <laughs> Good times. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. You ready? Mm-hmm. Set. Go. 
So Jake has a bunch of uh, kids now, including an adopted human son, um, and then the humans decide to come back and take Pandora again um, because they want to relocate everyone from Earth, and uh, they decide they want to kill Jake Sully because he's um, helping defend uh, Pandora from the humans. Uh, so to do that, all the character, the, uh, the guy that died in the first one, they've made him into an av- uh, like a Navi avatar and a whole bunch of other military people into Navi avatars. And they come down and start hunting him down. So they run away to a water tribe and then they well. end up. <laughs> <laughs> also, what, didn't he have an adopted daughter? They adopted yeah. daughter too, yeah. Oh, yeah. You said so. There's two mystery no, was, pregnancies. No, Spider. Is spider is spider, the son. Daughter, sort of. yeah. Um, so, spider, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spider, Spider's more of a pet. They, like, adopted yeah. a stray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Kiri is like a of, uh, <laughs> big military evil jerk. And, uh, yeah. What was the other girl's name? Who's the reincarnation of Sully, uh, of Kiri or something? Kiri. Kiri. This is going to be murder. <laughs> Um, Yeah, let's look at this from a body... Like, this is a body swap podcast. (laughs) We forget this sometimes. Um, Especially when I'm on. That's my podcast, I'm sorry. Um, Okay, so let's look at the body swaps in this. So I don't know if we can count Sigourney Weaver as a body swap. Because reincarnation is she's a, body a rea- swap. I feel like is we should film. I don't think she's a reincarnation. I don't think she is a reincarnation. Maybe, like, we don't know exactly what that character is. If you want to consider, like, the spirit of the planet sort of turning into a person, that Guys, I guess I that's watch, a body swap. I watch I a lot of um, Law and Order SVU, right? Mm-hmm. And my mind just <laughs> has gone to a bad place of how that baby came to be. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that one or the one that spider like no this Sigourney Weaver one like she's are like you, in, are you saying in, someone had yeah, like sex with, sex with her okay mm-hmm. yeah okay. with her dead body her dead not dead, body. Not dead. she's it's just like not in, in it like completely it, it was like an empty shell what happened because like, it was she the human was dying they tried to like get the tree to transfer to body swap her into her avatar but yeah, but she had it like didn't work. Gen 2 USB. So the avatar was still alive because it was because it just sleeps, right? So it's still alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it mm-hmm. never died, the body. Yeah. Um, but somebody impregnated it? If that is the like if that's the actual answer, I'll be so impressed with the film. It's <laughs> <laughs> gone into a dark place. <laughs> what, so, wait, dun, dun, so who's the dun, who dun, do we dun, who do we dun. know as the 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 mother of spider because it doesn't well, we, we never we don't know we don't. yeah so quaritch must have been banging some girl before they sent completely all the against away. So if there was a I matter guarantee. of consent that we're like iffy about it would be him so yeah completely yeah <laughs> Maybe um, two yeah. mystery pregnancies <laughs> <laughs> i feel like it's strange that they never mentioned the mum i feel like she might come into play in a other movie because it feels like the the whole franchise is going towards his redemption arc now so we're going to be spending a lot more time with him maybe some flashbacks who the colonel guy yeah yeah, yeah. <sighs> i'm not um, down because he's I mean, the most interesting like three-dimensional character of the entire franchise right <laughs> How? Crew <laughs> cut military guy with the scars. You fucking pulled him out of the. Why did you do that? 
Spider. Because there needs yeah. to be sequels, Lucy. Because there needs to be clone sequels. Dad. <gasps> that, that, if I your do clone think dad this is a problem dying, with this one, wouldn't you, Saban? This, <laughs> this movie is falling into the Marvel trap of having to have to think about the sequels coming before it and not actually- Yeah, give me strength. Like, I can't do it, man. We're not- I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so Quaritch, I guess, is our main body-swapped character in this film. So, he's the one that goes through the journey of he was a human- before he died, he put his consciousness on a USB, and then <laughs> you know. when they died, they put that into the avatar, and now he is has to live as a Navi. In Which a is not a Navi body swap, body. but that's just a clone with a copy of you in it. Moving on. No, because you, your consciousness, if that consciousness- Still wakes up it in a new body. It's still a human. He was a human old- consciousness that's been yeah. put into a Navi body. I agree with you, Paul. Let's body swap. Disagree. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could embarrass you guys by explaining, but I, I mean you're the expert. I I defer to you, Brandon. <laughs> what do you think? Maybe that means next time it actually won't be a body swap, and we won't have to do it for the. Podcast? I think it's extremely possible yes. the term avatar will no longer be relevant to this because no, no one will be becoming avatars in this. Well, the thing is, like for the purposes of this show, if the character has swapped in a previous film. <laughs> And right. remains and remains in that Swap. body. So Sully does, will keep us watching all yeah. four of these. Unless, unless, uh, is it, unless Jake Sully and Quaritch like stab each other and die in the next one, <laughs> and then we will have to keep watching these films because they're always going to be in their swapped bodies. Well, that's why I think Kiri is it is like an avatar for the planet for like Gaia. That like yeah. th- to keep the avatar thing going, she is like, she's she's like Jesus, right? It's like uh, God created like his son, who's really God in human form or whatever. I don't know. I'm fucking shit with yeah, religion. Jake was the um, one. Now she's the one. She will have another one. She, but she <laughs> is like an avatar for God for the planet. She is like the so she's like the like the planets in her is my guess. Anyway, interesting. <laughs> That's my theory is how they're going to keep doing the whole avatar thing when they stop putting characters into Navi. Let's don't don't get me started on this dumb tree like that like hides the fountain of youth in the brains of fucking whales in the sea. Like well now it's not a tr- now it's not a tree it's like a sea anemone or whatever. It's everything. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And it's and it's got some it, it's amazing amazing um like architectural design and stuff like that. But it also makes them seizure like- inducing. I guess the other way that this film, these films, could continue being body swaps. Like, do you think that Spider will become a Navi at some point? Surely so. that's his journey. Yes, that's possible because it like I because him and that, mu- that other one are in love, and it's like it's only going to get worse for them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but also like. Oh, yeah, on a visual level, it was very impressive. Like, Spider is interacting with a completely virtual world and virtual characters, and it's seamless, and it looks so good. Yeah. But why did they give him those dreads? <laughs> like, <laughs> he just looks silly. Like, they could have just given him a buzz cut, and he that character would or have been a thousand percent. Like, like, What's wrong with yeah. the dreads? Yeah. It just looked, it just, it made it look like it was something out of, like, a 90s kids film. I, I don't know. There's just like the something about- the fact that like, bleach blonde was a bit dumb. Yeah, he looked but- like the guy from the Bomb Funk MC's um, Freestyler video ah, clip. It did look like me? the Freestyler video. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I totally see it now. 
Um, I think it's Spider's whole vibe. I don't think it's just the dreads. I think he's just a super dorky, goofy character who, I don't know, it doesn't- It just does- Like, yes, like, in the scene, visually, he meshes with the world. The character itself does not belong in this film. Like, it just doesn't. I think it's a, an interesting idea, though, about this human- The film's got uh, great the, ideas. It's execution yeah. on a story level and character level that is always letting this film- These films <laughs> down. I don't care about any of these people, Paul. None of but, them. But I don't think Spider is- Like, I don't think the reasons he doesn't work is because of the writing or the acting. I purely think it's a visual. I purely think it's a character design- Reason why everybody's rejected Spider. I think White if he didn't, tar- Tarzan is just not. If working. he didn't have the yeah. loincloth and the and the um, dreads, people would be a lot more in tune with Spider. I feel. So can someone so tell me? I have never seen footage of the actors with like the dots on their bodies mm-hmm. acting this out. Has anyone? Yeah. But you're aware. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, no, but it, like I've seen that. Have you ever seen that photo of um, Emma Beauty and the Beast? Emma Watson? Oh, yeah. yeah. And like that guy is in such like how she ever just wasn't laughing in his face. It was beyond <laughs> yeah. me. She deserved yeah. like an Academy Award. <laughs> um, yeah. So like what is Kate Winslet just like in her sweats or so it's like a black bodysuit, and then they've got a big helmet that has cameras pointing at their face. Well, what I'm so, asking is, is the spy the actor that is Spider? Is he the only one that's really in a loincloth? Because you would be pissed off. He, he is. The rest are in <laughs> every full day body he suits. went to work. Yeah. Every day he went to work, he was basically naked. Yeah, <laughs> he like. I think it's. It, it was a kind thing to make that character so young because I feel like he's probably got the metabolism that he doesn't have to really work on that as much as an adult actor probably would have died of starvation, like <laughs> having to maintain that for like <laughs> four years straight of filming. Right, yeah. I do think you're on something though, though with the Paul with the look. If they got him back to the, like the military base, give him a buzz cut, just put him in people's clothes- Mm-hmm. Uh, you, he wouldn't have felt so weird. Like at that point, yeah. start him in the dreads and loincloth, then get rid of that them. That makes no sense. He like literally lives with the Navi. And they're well, I mean, just yeah, but hair. if they forced him to do it, <laughs> once once he's working on the mil- he's with the military guys. Oh, with the military guys. Yeah, then buzz cut him and then put him in people's clothing. And then why he did he work for so them dorky. in the first place? Fucking was- great question. Because he's stupid, issues, man. No, it's daddy he's stupid. Issues. Which is the other, but that's the other reason the character doesn't work is because he's stupid. It's like. It's yeah. you don't connect the the work is not done to make you care about where that film ends up with him saving it's like I do not get why why he's doing this because he has he's not like done the emotional work works like every avenue of like the film where he's helping these bad guys who had tr- attempted to kill his brothers and sisters mm-hmm. um like he's just Constantly helping him, and then all of a sudden they're like putting guns to heads, and he's like, "Oh, wait a second, what's up?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just so infuriating. I'm like, what, hey, "What they need is you what to do? The deal was right is believe that when Natiri, full of rage because her son's being killed, comes in and basically puts a knife to his throat and says, "I'll kill him, like a son for a son," that he is scared enough of her to think that she would do this. Real, and maybe she would have, but like turns on all of the Navi people in that moment. And goes, I'm going to mm. save this guy because he's actually my dad. Um, and I just don't think it fundamentally works. 
but you led him to them. Like, hmm. screw Spider, kill him. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no one cares about Spider. Which characters so- did you care about in this film? Which characters did you care about? Um, uh, the whales is the my marine answer. The marine biologist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. So sad. I have to say, I did like when he lost one of the sons. Like, I did get a bit emotional. What's so his name? What, what, what's the son's name? <laughs> Without uh, looking it up, Paul, what's the son's name? <laughs> you can see him typing already. <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell me something about this character. Tell me what you know about him. Uh, what's- right, I, I will say, as like I, a parent. Like, it was completely unearned, but yes, as, yeah, as someone no, who has a son. It, uh, uh, I, same I, here. I, I died. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, we're like fish in a barrel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. 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 I can't tell you anything about those characters. No, he's, a not, he's a non-entity. <laughs> yeah. They killed him because he was the most disposable kid. He had the least personality. But mm. when his parents, like, give him back to the earth, not like the sure. sea. The, uh, Beautiful. I, I, that killed me. But only then be- as well. But only mm. because you can put yourself in that position. You can reflect on your experience to make that mean do? something. Isn't that what good art should do? No, good art <laughs> should make you care even if you don't have that experience. It should be able to put you in the shoes of a situation you aren't familiar with and make you care. Derive empathy from that. Why can't we have both? Yeah. You can have both. I'm not saying you have both. I'm glad it worked for you. Yeah. But it cheated. It cheated. Um, so, I've got something completely unrelated. Yeah. I saw this article that Kate Winslet um, broke the record for holding her breath for the longest ever. Yeah, I think she broke broke it uh, six minutes because mm-hmm. um, they shot this whole breath. thing underwater, right? Yeah, yeah. Where they uh, actually did? Wait, that's that's even dumber. But I didn't see where was this <laughs> long extended sequence where she was underwater. She I, was never underwater the entire movie. I didn't. Pl- I didn't clock it. It's good to know that James Cameron cut something from this film because it seemed like he put everything he shot on screen. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember her being underwater. Like, she's she like, wasn't. I nearly died. <laughs> and it, I'm like, where? <laughs> For but Avatar too, of all things. <laughs> she has maybe know, those You would have thought that one. it would have been for bloody Titanic, right? <laughs> 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 I still try and hold my breath every time in that movie when they have to do it and I can never do it. Pretty I'm not going to- Sorry, pretty sneaky of, of James Cameron to just put Titanic she into this movie Kate at Winslet the end. Every time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like he did repeat some a lot of beats from Titanic in this. But I was here for it. They were just they worked just as well. Uh, I got, I got, yeah. There I are only really... so many stories we can tell. <laughs> the there are lots of sequences in this film where I was into it for a period of time. Like I. The, the the battle at the end when they all show up and they're going to take on the ships and like the whale is taking the down the whaling yeah, ship. The redemption arc for the whale. Right, for, we, for for the sure. whale that was great. Um, that whole extended fight scene was great. And then it gets to the point where it's like Jake and Quaritch are going to have a fight. I'm like, cool, climactic fight, film's about to end. And then it keeps fucking going. I was just like, come on, guys. Uh, it's time to go home. We don't need to keep doing this. The film is over now. Please. What do you stop. think, Paul? What, what, do you, you think they need to be so long? Look, I could definitely see a two and a half hour version of this film yeah. that was a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. I, mm. But that being said, as someone who spent 
several hundred dollars to travel <laughs> somewhere just to see this fucking Bank thing. For your buck. I got a lot like of it. value. I got a lot of value for my dollar. Okay. But yes, I can totally see that it probably would have been a stronger two and a half hour movie. And I just 100%. think maybe you're going to be more in the cultural conversation if you make these movies rewatchable. And um, it's also like a finan- like financially films make more money when they're shorter because they can fit more sessions into mm-hmm. one day. Can I ask some questions now? Mm. Yes. <laughs> um, why did they go hang out with the water people and endanger them rather than just move deeper into the forest by themselves? Because movie would be happen, a very probably. boring film. Yeah. <laughs> there's my there's my short like, movie. The, the entire <laughs> planet is literally like a Navi resort, and like every single plant is like USB, like you know, plug in, <laughs> and, you know. A, a whiffle turtle <laughs> thing will turn into a microwave oven. So why not just like chill out in the forest? It just made me think of Harry Potter. It's like everywhere he goes, people will die because Voldemort wants him and like people hide him and, and whatever. And it's just like, it's just him. And uh, it was the same with Jake. It was just like, yeah. The other part of it, I think, if you logically think about this, there was like what half a dozen of these like army Navi guys, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they just managed to get rid of them, it was going to take another five years to get more of these guys anyway. It's like they were the only thing that was a problem because they were the ones that would get past this like immune response thing when they were, where they were hiding out. Once you mm. get rid of them, they, they're back to being safe in there. So, just like make an effort to get rid of these guys and then <laughs> it's over. Mm. It's fine. Like there's a bit simple solution then we're going to leave now. Yeah. Also, that's the bit I wanted to say. The bit, the, the absurdity of the film, they, as you said, Brendan, they cross five years across the fucking galaxy. They build these must be very expensive avatar bodies, put this guy's consciousness into him. He gets there. The guy they're after, well, the reason to be there is so that they can take over and they spend the rest of their time just chasing this guy down rather than doing something else. Like, why would you let a valuable resource do that? Why is he allowed to just go and chase down Jake Sully, who is having no impact anymore on the wall. I don't know. Why can Bezos go into space? <laughs> I don't know if that's a response. <laughs> but I it just feel like it, it's people, like the right people with the right money to do whatever they want, right? But that's but the, he doesn't have money. Quaritch doesn't have money. The military who are, you know, in charge of him or this corporation who, you know, pay his wages- they get to tell him what to do, and they let him go off and fuck around for a year, chasing yeah, Jake Sully. Right, let's let's all it's play. Like, let's all play like. Uh, let's play hypothetical. You've been killed. Uh, all of a sudden, you wake up. You're in a giant blue cat body, <laughs> and your employees are like, "You're welcome. Now go kill some uh, some natives." Like, do you think your first response is like, "Oh yeah, back to work, the yeah, same old, same old," or would you be like? Holy shit, like my complete like reality is is like torn asunder. Yeah, but that Am guy's I, I evil. really gonna spend this second chance just doing the same thing and ending in the same way? Or am I going evil. to maybe <laughs> Like I, I do agree with Lucy in that his character, I do kind of believe it. He had such a singular purpose, he had such a bravado to him, like his whole like purpose in life was just to show how fucking tough he was to everyone else like i just i just can't help feel like if if a son can turn your entire existence around surely the fact that you're now in the body of your enemy 
you may be like, oh, what am I fighting for here? My Are you own saying destruction? that your kid hasn't turned around your entire existence? <laughs> but also, I don't think he saw himself as being in the body of his enemy. I think he thinks himself as being in a a avatar created by he, the humans. Like, if I woke uh, up in the body of a pig, you better believe I'm all of a sudden vegetarian. I'm now like you know, advocate, you'll see me on the news, a talking pig, talking about uh, abolishing the slave of farms and stuff like that. Playing the hair machine song. That's a big cut. (laughs) What you're describing, Brendan, is a better movie because dramatically it's interesting. But we already did that. My brother the pig. (laughs) (laughs) This is it. What is? That's, yeah, cut to that song. (laughs) Should we go to the next segment? No, because I have more questions. Where are all the elders? Do they just kill them off? Or the no, I don't. I don't see an, a grey-haired old Navi. Well, didn't a lot of know. them die in that battle? All the old ones. They just couldn't get no, away they, fast enough in their crutches. Or they're in the retirement village. They put them on yeah. an iceberg and float them out to sea. <laughs> they're in a little leaf hammocks in some warmer climate or something. Yeah, <laughs> the Florida of Pandora. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's like a deep secret that they just kill their elders, like. It's like a Logan's Run thing. They eat them. We literally saw elders in the first movie. Like, did we? We did. Yeah. If it was, you say it was like forty-five dad. is elders, I I would agree <laughs> with you. I'm talking about like where are eighty-year-olds and stuff like that. Maybe they Back just age particularly guy. well. Yeah, or maybe, I, I could see that happening. Maybe they get they, the white stuff from the whale. You know. Or they are cats. In the end of the day, cats don't live to eighty. I did notice that. Um, what, what's her name? Jake Sully's wife? Materi. Like, she, she had aged well after 30 years. Like, she looked the same. It wasn't 30 it, years. It 13? was not. It was five years. No, it was like still. 13 years. Yeah. Because yeah, she had- still looked amazing. Yeah, yeah, she looked amazing. Hair's great. Body. Slayer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which leads us into hot or not. <laughs> yes. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right, so you heard what we thought of the movie, but how attractive did we find the cast? Now it's time for Hot or Not. Take it away, Brod. <laughs> Are they a toot or a boot? Are they ugly or cute? Tell me if they're hot or not. Ding! Ding. Everyone, Everyone is beautiful in their own way. way. Ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Four-way is just terrible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right, so, I mean, we already established what we thought of a lot of these characters in our last review, unless you have something, like, especially interesting to add to it, Brian, Brod? in terms of what you thought of Jake and Atiri. all of them. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, there's no there's no redheads. That's a shame, isn't that's it? That's true, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. 
So uh, let's let's have a look at some of the newbies. I'm glad that's um, a bit you remember about all our discussions, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like like Avatar three, they're going to go to the fire people. Um, they, they'll they'll be actually, all that's, redheads, that's Brendan. Confirmed. They've already confirmed that. Yes, they're going yeah. to the fire nation. Really? Yes, For they real? are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like Nickelodeon's Avatar. See you in hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So Stephen Lang as the. Avatar version of Quaritch. Boo. Hot or not? Nah, he had like he had a like a crew cut with a giant mullet. Like the <laughs> longest braided mullet you've ever seen. Now that was the revelation in this this film though, was that underneath the hair thing is just this, this long like like it's a literal head penis that comes out the back. Like that's <laughs> yeah. that's what's under it's not hair, it's actually like a fucking Head tail and they, penis and they like use their hair to cover it. It's yes. their shame. Yes. <laughs> um, so is that hot or <laughs> <laughs> maybe for you, <laughs> Lucy? No, nah, I hate that guy. I hate him. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give him a not. Even though I think it is an interesting kind of visual, the Avatar body with the crew cut. Like, I kind of don't mind the crew. I like the haircut. Paul, you um, just publicly like, admitted to liking a mullet, something you said you would never do. <laughs> so, no, like the front. The got fry. him, Lucy. You got him. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think if I was an avatar of a Navi, I would try some different, like something different with my hair. So I appreciate that. Like we have to say he wasn't culturally appropriating. He was, you know, he wasn't. You that know, character looks like style. he was born with a crew cut, like. <laughs> so, um, yeah, which literally they may have genetically engineered it to always be a crew cut. <laughs> <laughs> how could they? How come they could never solve the five finger issue? Like, it seems it seemed like it was completely yeah, irrelevant funny, in it? the first film, and in mm. this one they're like, "Oh, you got five fingers, you're a freak." <laughs> yeah, like, surely in the cloning process they could get rid of them, but. Well, maybe they feel like humans when they go into their avatars won't adapt to having one less finger on each hand. But they'll adapt to a tail. <laughs> so they can they can adapt to a head penis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, he was already a dickhead in the first one. Hey, <laughs> um, all right. So, did this film confirm for you, Paul? That they are actually biological and they're having like, it's not like a robot brain inside these avatars, but because he's like a literal clone with his own b- brain in there. I never said they were. I just said that they must have something mechanical in them. They're not 100%. Uh, I think he's backtracking. I still like my my idea for Avatar 2 being that the Avatar was failing. Yeah. Like that it was a robot and that it was like outdated. I, I, I like my idea. <laughs> I mean, there could still be a version where, like, the biological stuff fails and his, like, limbs start falling off. Yeah. <laughs> James Cameron, you can use that if you want. Um, it's a freebie. Yeah. He's rewriting all of those sequels. He's already got pre-planned. It's a better idea. Road um, in the trash. I was listening to the Swapcast podcast. <laughs> um, Brendan Cowell as Scoresby, a.k.a. Australian... Uh, oh. <laughs> Australian person on Earth. So Australian I have whaler? a thing to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, how come they let Brendan Cow have sound like Chopper Reed have his accent? <laughs> yeah. But then they but made no Jermaine else is Clement. They made Jermaine Clement, who is um, a Kiwi. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
gave um, him an American accent. It would have completely been fine for him to be Kiwi. I would have quite enjoyed that. It's a and fucking crime that they and made Jake on that Sully awful had to be yes. like he couldn't be Australian. Yeah, yeah. I've why couldn't Jake Sully? I wrote be down American. five things about this movie, and one of them was <laughs> Jermaine's accent. <laughs> <laughs> Three hours. <laughs> I'm not even saying that he did a bad job. I just don't see what the point was. No, it was of this completely digital film. His accent was the fakest part of it. <laughs> <laughs> but we we. You know, trailing away from what we should be focusing on, <laughs> which is, would we fuck the Australian guy? So, oh, not Brent. that character, no. He was awful and, really. like, very bad. I'm a very passionate vegetarian, so no. But I think Brendan Cow in real life can get it, so I'm on the record. <laughs> is, is there something that he's done in his filmography that's, like, enamored yeah, to him? Yeah, I do not see him as someone who can get it, you know? But he's just, like, a kind of, like, an Aussie, like, cuddly... Is it from The Secret wow, Life of Us? For, was he in that? Uh, for our American listeners, there was a, a TV series called The Secret Life of was Us. Was he in that? Um, was he in that? Was he the main character? Was he was completely Brendan, you don't know who anyone is. <laughs> he was not the main character. <laughs> Apologies, uh, those listening in the United States. I did see you up. Thing is, I don't know anyone from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> he was his big like uh, the thing that I personally love him from. I'll tell is- you what. Whatever it is, didn't watch it. Australian <laughs> film, pass. You watched it. <laughs> It was an SBS comedy series called Life Support. Ah, oh, he was. And oh, it was brilliant. Yes. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Look, yes. he dated Ra- Rose, B- Rose Byrne for ages, like a decade yeah. or something. I, there's something going on with this guy, you know? He can get yeah. it. <laughs> like- Look, I say like 10. Yes, he Brendan was implying he had a big dick. Um, <laughs> uh, um, I don't doubt it. <laughs> That's why they called him the harpooner. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say like 10 years ago, Brendan Cow, yeah, in this film. We all get older, Paul. I'll grow old with Brendan Cow. No worries. <laughs> Fine. He's got that avatar money, baby. Brian, what are you giving him? Uh, not, though I might give him a BJ if he can stop me from aging, which is something apparently he can get from Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's got that stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's something that, you know. Could, yeah. And that did me. seem to be the the price. He was... Qu- <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so Jermaine, <laughs> Jermaine Clement as Dr. Garvin. Now Jermaine can get it. This guy was conflicted <laughs> anyway. Like, his character wasn't as evil. He kind of just gone down the wrong path. But Jermaine Yeah, on the scale of, uh, of evil humans it. in this film, I believe he, he was made- conflicted. He still did it all, but he was yeah. conflicted. I was he waiting was going for the out and killing He's whales. He's a killing- fox. Hyper intelligent whales that they establish are more intelligent than humans <laughs> and Avatar. You eat meat, so shut up. I have the moral high ground here. So Jermaine can get it. Like, yeah, I, I agree. can't even if pretend. They were so fucking smart. They I can't could, even they pretend. The I can't even go his character. No, like, I think he's a very attractive man. Plus, you've got a woman laughing, you've got a woman loving. That guy's funny as. Like, I, yeah, I love him. Did you see Jermaine Clement was like in rated in the top 100 DILFs in the. I don't recently? doubt it. I put him in the top 10, maybe. Like, top he's- 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give him a knot. 
I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just not seeing. I like it. great guy. He's funny. Um, but yeah, just uh, I just don't see him in that way. I'm sorry. Like at all ever? <laughs> no. Well, that's just more for me. So I, don't know, I, think I just Jermaine feel bad Clement's for you. Attractive. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, guys. All right, let's do some um, friend or foes. Uh, Jay, Jack Champion as Spider. Fucking foe. No, I, I think that guy's so yeah. annoying. Yeah, sorry. He's out. <laughs> so many people died Loser. because of him. But, like, is that really... Like, he's been put into a tough situation, guys. Like, oh, has think he? about oh, the... Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like if you're, like, Donald Trump's kid. Like... Mm. Are you really going to compare him to Donald Trump's children? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Um, also, we can't move straight <laughs> on to friend or foe. The first thing in my notes was pregnant warrior, yes, queen. We, you, we're not going to do her? That was uh, Natiri. No. No, is it? Kate Winslet. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, sorry. I yeah. thought we, you meant the bit do... to start with Natiri pregnant. Like Tell she, me yeah. how yeah, many examples you see of like strong pregnant women who were working and <laughs> she was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. She, uh, like, if you're going to find a big blue cat, well, uh, uh, are we even calling the water now? No, they're mermaid people things. And mermaids are classically hot, so. They've they've got gills, so (laughs) they're, yeah, um,. Yeah, if you if you're going to be attracted to a giant fish cat lady, she's Catfish. the one to go for. Yes. <laughs> Can I tell uh, you my the weirdest pet peeve I have about this film? Yeah. Is that fish have breasts? <laughs> okay, that's not you're not far off actually. No, because they aren't like okay. First of all, is there anything else on this on Pandora that has hair? Like not like Navi have hair, right? So they're sort of like mm. mammals, but they there's nothing else on this plant that has hair. But they're vertebrates that stand on two feet. Fish, when, sorry, when the, the fish narvi, the water narvi swim, right, their tails swim laterally from side to side. But all, like, whales and dolphins and stuff and mammals that are vertebrates like us, their tails go up and down like this. Fish go like this. Mammals go like this. And their tails go sideways like a fish. It's fucking wrong. Biologically, it's bad. James Cameron, do your fucking research. I feel like James Cameron should know better as well. Doesn't he, he love should. going under the sea? And exactly. Shit? Like, it I don't really... have a problem with it and never would have thought of it. But um, I feel like so the James Cameron listening at home, well when, when Broad said this and this and this, <laughs> I meant like, a, like he was doing a vertical wave version <laughs> and then he was doing Dolph- a horizontal wave Dolphins version. Dolphins and whales, they swim through the water like up and down, right? Fish, they move from side to side to swim um and that that the navi tails that they swim they go from side to side like a fish what they does a platypus do i feel like they're more like a platypus <laughs> i don't know what a platypus does actually that's a good question I, but it's a it's flat Slaps. so i guess it must go up and down yeah i feel like you should write an essay I'm about fucking, this i'm I, enraged me <laughs> and also like they they they're constantly swimming and they were like super buff like those kids should have crushed the the first kid to die <laughs> should have been the fight between the forest the forest Navi and the aquatic Navi. Like there should have been like a pummeled body with like crushed skull and stuff. That would have been. Ooh. That's my avatar. <laughs> I I don't want to hot or not them, but I do think that the like these merman Navi are more appealing visually than. The tree more, Navi. More fuckable. <laughs> no. Yeah, I like that smooth, wet, 
gill like I mean a uh, scaly skin. Yeah. Have you yeah, that was guys going played down. Zelda? <laughs> like the Sorry. Legend of Zelda, like the, the Zora in the Legend of Zelda. I love the design of the Zora in Legend of Zelda and they remind me of the Zora. It's I thought it's very cool. It's a very cool visual thing they've got going there. Mm. And the uh, double eyes, like mm. when you've got that second eyelid, that's just ooh, like put some <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> They have like they have like the second eyelids, like a um, yeah, like a platypus, like where they like close to cover their eyes, but they can still see, like semi-transparent eyelids. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> what? This is your doing, Paul. This is all you're doing. Asking us to fucking say we fuck catfish people. What are you? <laughs> catfish. Yeah. This is this is my legacy. <laughs> um, all right. I was going to friend or foe the other kids, but like looking at the IMDb, I can't work out which ones which. <laughs> I would like, say I the would. The characters are Rockstow, Aeong Nung, Tsiria, Took Loak and Natiam. Do you remember which ones are which? <laughs> one knows who any of them are. Took was the youngest one, I think. Took was there, the uh, little girl. Ah, uh, she was. She's, she she's was adorable. cute. I, yeah, I'm definitely friendly. That was a cute. And it, it, I got emotional again, like any time she was in trouble. She was like, in danger. Yeah. yeah. Tied up and stuff. I was like, not the girl, not the, yeah. the wee girl. And when she was like super pissed off when she son- somehow got kidnapped twice in that <laughs> sequence, she's like, <laughs> one how, sequence. How have we tied up again? Fuck my life. I'm a kid. Like, come yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, one last hot or not Edie Falco as General Ardmore. What a weird, it was so weird that she was in it, right? Did you hear that she thought the film had come Came out, out ages mm-hmm. ago and that it was a flop? Love it. Yeah. Love Edie Falco. <laughs> She's the best. <laughs> She's like, I figured it had come out and nobody watched it. <laughs> Do you reckon she's seen The Sopranos? Like, that is so funny. Like, like what year did she film it? Like, what her scenes? Uh, she ago. filmed, yeah, she filmed it like six years ago. So she mm. totally forgot, like, <laughs> if it had come out or not. <laughs> But actually, think about it. If we hot her, this will be a double hot. She What's was in the in? she she was in Switch. What the Which one's Switch? That? <laughs> the one with Ellen Barkin, where the guy dies in Who the hot tub. Who was she in Ellen Barkin's one? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember either. She wasn't Ellen Barkin. I know that. <laughs> I'm sure she was in that. Wasn't she like the lesbian? Uh, I don't that- think so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Oh, no. I think that was the other one from The Sopranos. <laughs> the you other know, one from The Sopranos? You know, you there's know, two women. There are many the amazing people characters in The Sopranos. Exactly the so same. not Carmella. No, no. The therapist. Oh, Dr. Melfi. <laughs> it was the therapist. Yeah. You yes. got that wrong. They don't even yes. look alike. <laughs> <laughs> They're both Sopranos people. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, anyway. That I, kills that. That's embarrassing I, for you. Yeah. I did want to say- I, I w- did a Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Yeah. I did want to say I would friend Kiri. Sigourney yeah. Weaver's one. Like, she, mm-hmm. she'd she be a fun stoner friend. You could she like- She kind of had like a cool mullet as well. A bit mm-hmm. of a mullet. You could definitely, you know, smoke a doob and like talk and about the universe and like- control the forces of nature. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. And it would just be trippy to be around a 14-year-old with a 60-year-old woman's voice coming out of her <laughs> yes. mouth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the other one I wanted to hot or not was the the Navi Avatar 
like uh, Quaritch's mate who had the the Oakleys, like the custom made oh, yeah. Oakleys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Avatar oh, no. made Oakleys. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you do you think they? reached out to the <laughs> Oakley factory and like, we've got these gigantic heads. We have to fit this on. <laughs> so what funny. other explanation is there? <laughs> yeah. Now it's time for Opinion Swap, where we find some entertaining reviews of Avatar The Way of Water from across the interwebs. Uh, this one's from Dakota Joaquin, who gives it three and a half stars. And they say... I actually have a very close friend who worked intimately with the editing team behind Avatar The Way of Water, and let me tell you the absolute nightmare it was to get James Cameron to cut anything from this film. (laughs) The first day of the official editing process, the editing team showed up to the editing bay at 5.30am sharp when Cameron told them to arrive. For seven straight hours, they were left waiting at a locked door for Cameron to arrive. Eventually fed up, the senior editor of the team stormed off and started to look for Cameron. 30 minutes go by, no word. Finally, he came back to the team, who are all standing, still waiting outside the locked door. My friend asked how it went. At first, the senior editor didn't say anything. When my friend asked again, the senior editor's blood-soaked face slowly slid off, revealing James Cameron standing above them. (laughs) The motherfucker had skinned the senior editor alive, head to toe. Watching in absolute shock and horror, the editor team sat there petrified. James Cameron then threw the bloody skinned face at the foot of the team and leaned in real close, and in an almost sharp-like whisper, he uttered, not a single fucking minute of my film will be cut. <laughs> Not one minute. <laughs> Thus, here we all are, forced to watch 190 minutes of blue people swimming underwater. Except for the evidence that I almost <laughs> killed Kate Winslet. <laughs> I, uh, I, I want to applaud that. That was, that was a journey and I enjoyed every minute of that. That was great. <laughs> That was an amazing review. That was fantastic. Um, I feel like so, that person should write scripts. Uh-huh, well, <laughs> yeah, it was, that was a more compelling story than the one I watched for three hours and 15 minutes. You know, like how you have like the social network and stuff. I would definitely watch a, a, like a film about behind the scenes of the Avatar films. <laughs> <laughs> Jasper Kirkpatrick Navarre gives it four and a half stars. And he says, damn, that fish girl was hot. <laughs> He means the young one, though. That's the bit that's gross about it, like, oh, the, te- like the tween one. The one was that- she a tween or is she a teen? I don't, I, I don't know. It's gross either matters. way. It's yeah. gross on multiple <laughs> levels. <laughs> yeah, when men uh, well, are like, I fell in love with this girl on her 18th birthday. It's like, mm, okay. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, wasn't uh, in this film. Don't bring him into this. <laughs> Apparently, well, you I know, don't need this uh, reference. Leonardo DiCaprio likes dating young women. He's never gotcha. dated anyone older than twenty-seven. He like the he moment he gets they turn- older and they stay the same age. Oh, right, he keeps right, dumping right. them when they like <laughs> turn twenty-seven or whatever it is. Like someone's made a graph of it. It's yeah. incredible. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's on the y-axis or whatever. It's like his age is going up and theirs is going down. Uh, all right, uh, Connor eats pants. Gives it three stars. <laughs> And he, he says, with a frame rate this variable, I think this was running on a Nintendo Switch. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> I, I don't get, get the reference, but that's, I'm glad for you guys. Cameron Fetter gives it four and a half stars, and he says, they did Forest Navi, 
and water Navi. So the next one is just going to be normal guy Navi who lives in houses. <laughs> <laughs> Compelling. Brad didn't look impressed with that. It, it wasn't. It, no, it wasn't where I was going. And then I had to sort of like, what, what are they saying? Okay, I got there. Um, and you, you final- have to like go through, mate. It's like, oh, is this razors? <laughs> <laughs> And finally, we have Saw Caesar, who gives it three and a half stars. And they say, I've never felt as immersed as when I stood in the bathroom store at my local cinema and released the real way of water after three hours of holding it in. <laughs> That's actually, that did something I was interested in. I remember going to see U570 or something like that. I can't remember the name of the film. It's like a U571. submarine. U571. This is when I was, cl- oh, no, I'm talking about the prequel, U570. <laughs> <laughs> when saw U five seven one, I remember that because that's a film on a submarine underwater the yeah. entire time. And the moment that film left, like ninety percent of the audience immediately went to the bathroom because everyone yeah. was just desperate to pee. And I was surprised that that didn't happen watching this three hour movie that was mostly set at water. I was expecting the same effect. Yeah. Didn't happen. There was a lot it's- of people in my cinema that got up to go to the toilet. Like during during yeah, um, uh. I can remember I had that with. Um, Inception, and mm. I was like, if I miss any of this, I'm not going to understand. Like, it's so complicated. <laughs> but I was with my friend. She had to unbutton her pants because she needed to pee so badly, and I had to go, and I ran so quickly and came back. I still made sense of everything, but, um, yeah, that was very funny. So two people that we went with, uh, Bron and I went with, went to the toilet at one point and we were genuinely both in our minds thinking, are they going to come back? Yeah, I they just <laughs> left. They were just going. I was pretty um, nervous. Like, I'm eight months pregnant. I was like, am I going to be able to do this? But it was fine. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm glad you made it. <laughs> I got popcorn. Right. <laughs> I was so thirsty. <laughs> I didn't drink any water. so salty let's get to tenuous recommendations where we each recommend a piece of media that is linked to today's movie in some way and a reminder if you ever want to see a list of all the recommendations we have made on the show head over to our letterbox page which is linked on our website now i'll get us started my connection is another 2022 movie that also ran for over three hours and was also an action epic. And that was the Indian smash hit RRR. R. Have has anyone in this chat seen RRR yet? I have not. No. I've heard of it. Yeah. So this film um is amazing. <laughs> I there was a point where I used to watch a lot of Bollywood films and I kind of got fed up because they are all very long. But the, um, the great thing about Bollywood, and this isn't Bollywood because this is like um, another part of India making it and it is actually in a different language. It's not in Hindi. Uh, the version that's on Netflix has been dubbed into Hindi, but it's not uh, originally in that language. But... Um, the good thing about Indian films is that they just go balls to the wall. You'll get action. You'll get musical sequences. They just aren't afraid about being so over the top and dramatic as possible. And this film definitely does all those things in the best way possible. And there's a reason why this film has kind of uh, caught fire beyond the normal Bollywood audiences. And it's actually become a bona fide hit all around the world. 
And once you watch it, you just understand. And the, the, the idea of watching a three hour Bollywood film, like I can understand why this seems unappealing, but I say, just give this film a go. Even like, I admit I did not watch it in one sitting. It has an intermission in the middle, watch it in two parts, like two movies. Um, it totally works that way. Uh, but this film is a ride. The action is spectacular. The music is fantastic. The dancing in the in the musical sequence, like even if you just Google the the musical scenes, I feel like they will sell you on this film. So cool, um, yeah. Ah, uh, uh, um, it's streaming worldwide on Netflix at the moment. Look, I'm sorry, but you now. cannot oh, give that to me as a tenuous. I don't have. <laughs> I already had to watch this three hour movie. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I wouldn't do that to you. But if you, if you feel like watching it in parts, like a TV show, it would totally work that way. So um, maybe one yeah. one episode you can give me the first half and Brendan the second. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's my recommendation. Um, Broad. Well, my tenuous recommendation is Avatar. I'm recommending Avatar, by which I mean the first Avatar, by which I mean the real Avatar, by which I mean the best TV show of all time, Avatar The Last Airbender, which arrived four years before James Cameron's dumb blue cat people movie, which he is now trying to- Pardon? You're, you're recommending Avatar The Movie- I didn't say the movie. I said I'm recommending Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> I never said the movie. He's I'd being say- a shit. Yes, he is. Um, which is which? James Cameron is now trying to co-op with his elemental shit, The Way of Water. Really introducing the bad Ash Cat people in the next film. Come on, I see what you're doing, Jim. And I'm here to fight the power. I'm taking back Avatar. Navi, more like Navi. I'm not having it. Bending forever. Ponytail sex. Never. <laughs> well, did you also hear that the Avatar TV series, which I agree is amazing? Um, I feel like have one of you already recommended that? I've, I've recommended this at least twice now. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, did you hear that originally the show was just going to be called Avatar, not Avatar: The Last Airbender? But because James Cameron has ha- like got the rights to the name Avatar like 30 years ago, they weren't able to use it. Here's the thing, though, right? The t- the idea of the Avatar, of it being called Avatar, the la- like the the whole franchise being called Avatar, makes infinitely more sense for it to be the name of Avatar: The Last Airbender, Korra, the new series, the new movies that are going to be coming out in the next few years. Thank fucking God for that. Um, the Avatar part of James Cameron's Avatar is becoming less and less relevant. It should be rebranded as like Pandora or something like that, which is actually more relevant to the story than the Avatar part. It's like it's becoming less and less relevant very, very quickly. So just give it back. Give it back to Nickelodeon, James. You don't need it, mate. <laughs> Lucy, what's yours? Um, so my link is Brendan. He can get it, cow. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's definitely not my um, And I'm doing the Australian 2007 film Noise. Have okay, we seen yeah. it? I have, have we not. S- yeah. No. So, um, Brendan uh, Cow plays a cop that um, he suffers from really bad tinnitus um, mm. and it's getting like worse and worse and it's like impacting on his life and his job. And it, one night it's so bad he passes out and like a big crime kind of happens on his watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and the film deals with the fallout of that. And there's like lots of themes of like racism and, um, it's sort of like a 
some cops are bad and it's like a thrillery whodunit. And it, yeah, it, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I remember it being really good. And I think it was um, quite well received as well. And little Easter egg, um, the writer and the director is actually the uncle of um, the guy that I sing the theme tune with Oh wow. for, the, for this <laughs> podcast. Um, and his auntie um, did all the musical scores, uh, that the, did the musical score as well. Um, I don't know if that's like counts as so that you're saying Nepo we- baby article, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, there's, so, a, there's that little link as well. So what you're saying is we're actually like a degree of separation from the Avatar franchise. I mean, kind of. It's a bit of a Kevin Bacon thing there. And then I think, yeah, no, that director um, directed lots of the um, Please Like Me episodes. That was like his, uh, yeah, he, he did a lot of that. There you go. Oh, great one. I'll have to check it out. Mm. Yeah, it's Bren- good. Brendan, what's yours? Uh, my uh, my film, I, I, I have to say, I... Pretty sure I stole this entire take from Red Letter Media, but uh, it just came, it just came to mind when I was w- watching uh, this film. Uh, so my film is also about a, a race of aliens that have been like abused and uh, yeah mistreated by humans, um, and the film is called District Nine. Does yeah, everyone nice. remember District Nine? Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah, and so like uh, I I just remember them talking about how you've got District Nine, which has these literal like cockroach-looking creatures, mm. um, not these like fuzzy, uh, giant baby-eyed, cutesy poo like blue <laughs> cats, like really gross, disgusting aliens, um, and you can't help but be like cheering them on as they're like fighting their way through like bloody violence against humans like you know i was just watching the end of avatar the way of water and i'm just like really uncomfortable just seeing like a race of people just slaughtering humans but in district nine i'm like yeah get them those fuckers (laughs) um and that's because like they do the work you really care about these people who are Mm. like in these like apartheid conditions um, and it has like a really cool like visual style. It does like this uh, like um, like documentary um, yeah. aesthetic uh, and the special effects, even though nowhere near as much money as Avatar, um, it it does it does it well enough that it it feels good and it looks good and it's a uh, worth a watch. I don't know if it's racist now. I don't know. I can't remember, <laughs> but we'll find out. What what's also interesting about that you were mentioning the visual style, the documentary style. The other m- amazing trick that films pull, pulls off is somewhere in the middle of the movie, and I, you don't like see it happening. It turns into a normal movie, like it turns into a it stops it being documentary style. Yeah, it just stops, yeah. and it you don't see it happen. You don't recognize. There's not a moment where it goes and now flick. It just sort of turns into yeah. It doesn't go like and letterbox. It, it's <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's 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 a magic trick. It's so cool. You just realize all of a sudden. Oh, the documentary thing stopped. When did that happen? Yeah, and I remember when that film came out. Like the trailers didn't tell you a whole lot about Mm-mm. what the yeah, film actually which was. Yeah, which was cool. Hey, mm-hmm. and then you went and watched it, and everything was a surprise. Absolutely. Um, 
which doesn't happen very often any, anymore. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, great choice. Uh, just don't watch uh, his follow-up Elysium. That film is a garbage. garbage. That's yeah. right. If you head over to our website, you'll see that each of us has ranked every body swap film we have reviewed on the podcast. So my question is, where are we all going to put Avatar The Way of Water on our lists? I'm going to put it below the Futurama body swap episode we did and above the Lizzie McGuire body swap episode we did. (laughs) Uh, We should put it somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. Okay, nice. I am going to put Cannot it wait to hear. Yeah. <laughs> just above the original Avatar. So that will put it in between being John Malkovich and Avatar. So it's in my top five, six, five. <laughs> <laughs> it's in my top five. Did it push Avatar out of the top five? The first one? Yes. Ooh. Yes. Yeah, I'm doing the same thing. I'm putting it above uh, Avatar and under Freaky Friday 1976. I'm going to put it in between. It's weird because I uh, I don't know if I liked it more than the original. Um, but then the list is so janky that like it's all kind of wrong. Like, <laughs> So I'm going to put it in between um, Vice Versa and Shazam. Nice. So a little bit further down, but still in the upper echelons. It's funny, I've, I've been ragging on this film a lot. I definitely recommend people see it. I recommend you go and see it once on a giant screen in 3D if you can. And then yeah, Brendan. never think about it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, if you do happen to find yourself in a state with an IMAX, I know most people are lucky enough to actually live in cities that have an IMAX. <laughs> unless, uh, unlike us... Uh, poor Adelaide people. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that's the way to watch it. Yeah, you and can- if you don't, do something about it. Like, write to your, like, to your, your state, Lo- like, local, local government. Local representatives, council. yeah. Your representatives, <laughs> like, this, this is, like, important stuff, people. <laughs> <laughs> it is to me, you know. <laughs> Next episode. Uh, so, I, we've mentioned her in, like, the last few episodes. We have this lovely listener, Kylie. She sent us an amazing uh, email and iTunes review. And to reward her, we are going to do the film she, she suggested that we watch, which actually sounds pretty interesting. So, um, it's a 2015 French film called The Nobodies. And where after having their bodies stolen, Lily and Ben will explore a world where the body no longer matters and in which their soul will be put to the test. They'll be helped by Magali, a five-year-old child in the body of a 30-year-old bearded man. Welcome to the world of the disassociated. (laughs) That actually sounds rad. Yeah, it actually sounds really cool from everything I'm reading. It's it's from this like YouTube group, uh, like filmmaker filmmakers that do these like high budget youtube movies so um yeah i'm really keen it's a it's a comedy so but with a cool sci-fi premise i was gonna say it didn't sound it didn't sound like a comedy but that's cool yeah so sign me up (laughs) and it's free to watch on youtube so love watch along at home much more (laughs) accessible than going to melbourne (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so yeah that's it that's a 2015 film the nobodies so, um, yeah, looking forward to that one. Ah, oh, no bodies. See? It's <laughs> two meanings. <laughs> um, so, Brod, 
Mm. What is happening on the hunting seasons? Uh, the hunting season <laughs> podcast is coming to an end. Uh, no! <laughs> the, we are about to reach our 200th review episode. We're going to be reviewing Buffy the Vampire Slayer season one. We've been saving that up for ages. This is Amazing. my co-host, Damask and I. This is basically the show that made us friends. We connected in high school, both being fans of Buffy, defended Bus- Buffy from dickhead friends who thought it was shit. We, I remember getting very drunk at a party and just double teaming on this guy, telling him what a fucking idiot he was. Well, it's Buffy. Girls, so. He deserved it. Pardon? <laughs> what was that? I said Say it's it. for girls. <laughs> I was trying to be that I guy will, at the I party. Will, I will call Damask and get her on the line, and we will fucking <laughs> sorry, ream I'm you sorry, about this. Just trying to play a character. Boo! <laughs> Boo this man. Uh, yeah, so we're going to be reviewing Buffy the Empire State Season 1, um, which, spoiler alert, I was actually a little bit hesitant about going back to it. It's been a long time since I've really watched it, and I was like, oh, Season 1, it's sort of, you know- it's tw- from 1996. Is this really going to hold up? Fucking, it's, it's still a great show. Yeah, even in season is. one. Yeah, I watched um, it again recently. I fell in love with it very, very quickly all over again. I know I've, I've just kept watching it, honestly, which you can do now because I don't have to do TV homework anymore because it's the last show to do. Um, so, we're going to re- re- uh, review that and post the episode soon. And then not long after that, we'll post one final episode, sort of a recap episode, looking back at the last six years of making hunting seasons. And then that'll be it. We'll be going on to do something else. I'll be having a baby mid-year, so that's going to take up a lot of my time. Um, but um, we we'll might discuss some other potential things we might be doing as well. Yeah. Oh. And um, it's very sad that you guys are finishing up. For me as a listener, I'm, I'm sorry, happy Paul. for you guys because it is such a fucked thing to have to watch a season of TV every <laughs> week. Um, but, uh, yeah, and I've greatly appreciated all the times I got to be on the show. And I was just on your last episode, which Correct. was a White, White Lotus season two review. It was. Um, which I recommend everyone watch that show and our review. Um, yeah, it's Brendan. amazing TV. What? Brendan, you piece of shit. <laughs> piece of shit. He wasn't even listening, I don't think. I wasn't. <laughs> I do want to say, Paul, thank you for coming to the show as often as you did and um, for being a friend of the show and a friend of mine and Damascus as well and for the nice things you've said about it and just for being a- listening to the show, honestly. Um, yeah. Thank you very much. And there's 200. It, there's, we've done 200 reviews. So, if you've never listened to the Hunting Seasons podcast, go and check us out, huntingseasonspodcast.com. Do a search. There's a little search bar there for a show that you like or are interested in us talking about. There's- a strongish chance we've probably talked about mm-hmm. at least one show that you like or now, hate. Now, which episode was I in? Um, oh, that's right. None of them. I was never invited <laughs> on the show. <laughs> Awkward. Do oh. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to, to, me to honestly, put salt in honestly, the Brendan. I was invited, but I couldn't do it because I was too busy. Uh, you <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, we actually did plan to have you on, but it was for the th- show we're going to do for 201 and we decided to cut short there. Sorry, mate. So you just, <laughs> just missed out. Sorry. Uh, that's okay. Maybe if you weren't a piece of shit and actually liked <laughs> yeah. the White Lotus, you could have been on it. Fucking dissing Busby, even if it is ironically or sarcastically. Nah, mate. You know, I'm I was, was going to- Trifles need not apply. Sing <laughs> the Vitamin C song Graduation for you for your last episode, but I'm- um, I'm not doing that now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, well, thanks again for showing up on uh, our show. Thank and you. Thank you're you welcome me. anytime. Mm-hmm. I, 
now that your show's ended, you'll have even more free time to be on our show. Honestly, yeah. If you ever if you're ever looking for a guest or someone to fill in, please hit me up. I'd be happy to be on. I've still got the I've got the podcast equipment. It's just gonna be sitting around doing nothing. So you know. Yeah. And I think it. since now you're having a baby and yeah. Lucy's about to have a second baby and Brendan's had a baby, we can do. When like are a you mom- having a baby, Paul? Uh, never. But we <laughs> can do like boy a boy situation. <laughs> well, I was thinking we could do like a. Uh, like a Muppets Babies situation, have like <laughs> Our junior s- do a podcast, yeah, junior swap cast. <laughs> That's a great and idea. I- <laughs> and I can be like the mum that comes in and tells them off. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we'll swap cast babies. I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So until next time, don't be a piece of shit on the ground. DPW. Yeah, Brendan. Yeah, like Brendan. And (laughs) review us on iTunes or Spotify. And I was Paul Mitzi. I was Lucy Thomas. I was Brendan Levi. And I was Broderick Gordis. Thank you. See you. Bye. 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 As we go on, we remember. (laughs) We're going to put little bits and pieces of the the hunting podcast on here. Advertise we. The Swellcast podcast is recorded in Adelaide, Australia. It's hosted by Paul Mitzi and edited by Brendan Levi and Paul Mitzi. Our theme song was written and performed by John Marco of Two Creative, featuring Lucy Thomas, and recorded at Browntown Studios. Our music bumpers were created by Reggie Parker. Contact him on parkerregmusic at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.